The most exciting, the far, the most important part of our Florida project, in fact, the heart of everything we'll be doing in Disney World will be our experimental prototype city of Gamora. Hello, everyone. This is episode four of the Parks Academy, where we discuss and celebrate all things theme parks related. We focus mainly on Disney parks and resorts in both Anaheim and Orlando. My name is Paige. My name is Steven. And today we are continuing our mini-series about our ideal day in each park. Today we're going to be talking about none other than the experimental prototype community of tomorrow. That's right, Epcot. And no matter which way you get there, whether you're taking the monorail or coming through on that Hollywood Studios walkway, that's where we're going to be today. We're going to set up camp here and chat about attractions, entertainment, dining, and things to do. This is such a robust, amazing park, and we could spend an eternity alone on dining. But first, we're going to jump right into attractions. I guess I'll kick things off with Spaceship Earth. It's a great way to start your day. It's the first thing you see when you walk in the park. Some people refer to it as the Epcot Ball. But there is an attraction inside of that Epcot Ball, and it is called Spaceship Earth. I actually thought, for real, that that there was nothing inside of it for the longest time. You just thought it was hollow. Yeah, I did. Or that, like, that's where Walt Disney was cryogenically frozen was inside of there. (laughs) Uh, But it's great. The ride is super cool. The line can be a little bit long, but it moves fast because you're essentially dealing with uh, continuously moving ride vehicles, almost like uh, Haunted Mansion, but without the elevator. This ride is such a classic. It is so, so cool. And um, it's a little bit cheesy. In some ways, but it's just, it's one of those things where you got to ride it when you go there. At least I do. Well, I think it's the nature of those older animatronics, but uh, part of the reason we have mixed feelings about this one sometimes is we did get stuck on this ride, Steven. Yeah, we got stuck on there for probably a good 15, 20 minutes, and we got stuck kind of in the area where Michelangelo was painting the Sistine Chapel, and... uh those animatronics are timeless, but if you get stuck um, with those animatronics, they are really creepy to be around for It is long. pretty creepy. You're not quite sure if the eyes are going to just, like, look over at you. The head's just going to turn, and it's going to be like a horror film. But it is a fantastic ride as long as you're not stuck in the Renaissance period. Right, exactly. So it, it's, like I said, I mean, it is a it is a fantastic ride. And for me... Look, Spaceship Earth is so cool because I think that there's been many times where you've been trying to get a move on somewhere, head over to Soren, um, get into World Showcase, and I have just stopped in my tracks just to take pictures of the outside of the of the <laughs> of the Epcot Ball, as I like to say. Right. Well, and I think you have so many photos of it because even at different times of day, the way that the sky looks behind it, or at sunset, or at night when they have it lit up. I mean, there's just so many beautiful angles that you can get of Spaceship Earth. Um, So many awesome photo opportunities. So I could totally see how this could be someone's first stop and last stop in the park. Yeah, and one thing I really love about it too, like you said, is is just how diverse um, it can be throughout the day. And shortly after we visited over the summer of 2021, they actually added brand new lighting effects to it. So it's like this new lighting sequence 
And um, I think it's the show's called Beacon of Magic at Epcot. And it's, I'm so excited to see it again because that's going to be new photos and uh, new chances just to grab a bench and just stare at this thing. Um, it's super cool. And uh, I actually, we were followed by an Instagram account not that long ago. And uh, that Instagram account, I don't remember the name. I'll have to put it in the show notes. But the entire account is dedicated to just pictures of Spaceship Earth. Yeah, I mean, like I said, you can get so many awesome photos of it so many different times of day, so many different angles. So you can get really creative with that. Um, So where Steven likes to start his day with Spaceship Earth, I love to start my day with Soren because this line can get so long. Um, And when there's a handful of bigger rides in the park, you kind of have to pick and choose which ones you're willing to wait in line for. So I like to rush on over to the land pavilion and go on Soren first thing in the morning so that I can get that beautiful ride in before my day is started. Um, this ride, if you've never been on Soren, it actually used to be um, over California. It wasn't called Soren over California in right. Epcot, though. It was just called Soren. And now it is Soren around the world. So you have um, a different version of the ride if you haven't been on it in a while. It's not Steven's favorite. No way. But I do think that they've done a fantastic job. I, I love the rides where you get to feel like you're immersed in it. Those 4D rides where you have the smells and the feel of flying over all of these beautiful landmarks. You know, I have to say that with all of the technology and billions of dollars at Disney's disposal, they they just, they should be able to not have a warped Eiffel Tower. That's my biggest gripe about this ride is how it curves. And I've never been to Paris, so I don't know. Maybe that's how it is in real life. Um, but it's rough. I it's think a, it's fine. It's super rough. I think it's fine. I think a lot of the other pieces of the ride, though, make up for it. Um, I personally love when you're flying over Fiji and the smell of the the salt water and... Um, like the floral scent of that. So I I just love to start my day with Soren. Yeah, it's a great ride. Um, I do I do really like it a lot. It's just, it's not for me one of those ones that I have to rush to whenever I go to the park. But I can understand why, I mean, I, I understand why so many people have to go to it. I mean, if I, I do, I do feel like I need to ride it because if I don't, then I've kind of missed out. But what I really have to ride what I really have to ride is living with the land. And that's right there in um, the land pavilion, or I guess as it's called now, World Nature. Yes, we, we've we um, seen the changes in Epcot taking place in the last few years. And so what used to be known as Future World East and West are now World Discovery, World Nature. And they've thrown in World Celebration, which is kind of where Spaceship Earth is in that center area. And World Showcase, of course is where you can um, go through all the different countries. So we'll talk a little bit more about World Showcase with food. But don't skip over Living with the Land. I mean, I mentioned it and you just kind of... I'm not going to skip over it because I'm all about conservation. I talked a lot about that in the Animal Kingdom episode, if you haven't checked that one out. But um, I think this ride is just really neat to see what they're doing in the parks, that they're able to grow their own um, food that they use in the parks and you can kind of see the processes of how they're trying to um, use the resources that they have to conserve water to 
um, be thoughtful about how their agriculture grows and how they can kind of utilize their resources to be more efficient in that way. So I love living with the land. It's relaxing. I really like the land pavilion. I think people don't like it. I think that it gets a bad rap, but I really like the land pavilion. And I'll talk more about that with food too later. There are certain things about Epcot where it feels like you're stuck in time there. Um, And the land pavilion is one of those things where it was built what it was built. Um, that was, that was terrible reference. If you want to look that up while I'm jabbing yawn, feel free. But whenever it was built, I feel like, excuse me, I'm sorry, sorry. I feel like the land pavilion was, uh, is stuck in time in that, in that, in that place when it was built. Well, it was open in 1982. So that's exactly how it feels, but it's, I mean, it's cool. I, I, my cousin went to Disney world a couple of months ago and he asked me like, we have one. I think he's like, we have two parks to go to. We're going to go to Magic Kingdom. What's the second one? I was like, you got to go to Epcot. And the two things that he pointed out to me that he loved were, one, taking pictures of Spaceship Earth, which, you know, duh. And two, he said living with the land was like the best thing ever. And I didn't even mention going on it. He just went on it. So it's super unassuming. There's hardly ever a line. And um, it is really great. It's just such a cool, cool little ride. My favorite part is definitely like the vertical uh, garden right. and going through seeing like the Mickey shaped hedges and things like that. It's just, it's the best. Yeah. And I don't think I've actually ever even waited in line for it. I think no. that you pretty much can always just go through the queue and get right on. So just stay in your boat, you know? Right. We don't want to have a no, a, cu- no a cucumber redo- incidents. <laughs> right. A redo of the cucumber incident of 2021. Yeah. Someone jumped out of their boat. I'm sure you know this, but if you don't, someone jumped out of their boat to try to s- snag a cucumber. And it was all bad. So don't do that. Stay. It was ha- a bad hands, time. Hands and arms, legs inside the vehicle at all times. There you go. There you go. Um, there are a ton of rides in Epcot that are awesome. Let's jump over to World Discovery for a quick minute. And I'm going to talk about uh, Mission Space. Yeah, this you ride, talk about this because I have never been on it, nor will I ever go on it. This ride is tough cookies. Um, I only have ridden the orange mission, which is you have to be 44 inches tall to get on it. It is an intense journey. You're basically in zero Gs. And it. I I had to lay down the first time I went on it afterward. It was, it, it's an intense ride. Um. I also had an experience where when I had to perform my task and lift up my arm to uh, touch a button, I, f- I literally felt force pushing down on my arm and it took me a minute to like get it up so that I could, you know, tap the button and whatever, dis- dis- discharge the uh, rocket or whatever I did. But it's a great ride, but it is no joke. It is not for the faint of heart is what you're saying. Well, yeah, I mean, more for the faint of stomach because you have to really know yourself <laughs> Before you go on. So know what you, what your limits are. If you're a big thrill seeker, like absolutely the orange mission is great. But if you're not so sure, hop on that green mission. It doesn't spin. It's just kind of a simulator that, that rocks and stuff. But mission space is, is probably one of the most intense rides I've ever been on. Well, and I think the thing too that I've heard is if you do not like confined spaces, even if you like thrilling rides, you probably should skip this one. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Uh, it's not as bad as like Nemo Submarine Voyage. 
in Disneyland where you are quite literally packed in like a sardine, but Yeah, no, thank you. You are you're in there pretty tight. Yeah, I'm I'm just not a fan of super confined spaces. I'm a little claustrophobic in that way. So I would say if you're Pass. a thrill seeker, go for a mission space. If you don't like confined spaces yeah. and feeling skip, lightheaded and skip sick to your mission stomach. space and go get in line for a test track, which is right next door. Good transition. And this is Very my nice. favorite ride in Epcot. Um This is a good one. I I love test track. I know that Steven likes to skip past the design your own car piece. We talked a little bit about this in episode one when we compared it to Radiator Springs Racers because for all intents and purposes, they are the exact same ride just with a different overlay. Um, This ride has also changed over the years where it used to be like the storyline was you're a crash test dummy. And now the storyline is more like, let's kind of have you build your own car and see whose cars can perform the best on these various tests for speed and brakes and weather and all of these things. So I love a good competition ride. When I pass through each part of this ride, I like to see my car in first place. Um... And so this one has the competition. It's got the thrill. You get to go really fast like a roller coaster, but you're not taking off super quickly, zero to 75 or whatever. Um, I think it goes to like 60 some miles per hour. Yeah, it's, it's deceiving because it doesn't feel like it goes that fast. Well, excuse me. Rewind. It doesn't. On paper, it doesn't go that fast. But when you're in there, it goes. It feels like it's going right. extremely fast. And in because, a small little car. Right. There's no top. You're in a convertible. And, and you're uh, taking off towards a wall and it opens up and then all of a sudden you're outside on this racetrack. And so it feels more like being in a car and taking off on a highway, which is why I think it's more reasonable for people who maybe aren't roller coaster people to give this one a try because um, it is sort of like a gateway to a roller coaster. But I really enjoyed this one. I tried to convince my mom, who's not a ride person, to get on this because I said, well, it's not that much different than driving with my dad, um, just driving really fast, you know. So um, I think this one, if you like a thrilling ride but you're not so sure, give Test Track a try. Um, I think it's a good it's a good transitional ride if you're yeah. you're interested in roller coasters but you're not so sure about big drops or takeoffs or anything because it's pretty smooth. Yeah, it's a good ride. I mean, I think that it could be a total skip for me. Um, unpopular opinion, but uh, it is pretty cool. So no doubt about it. It's a fun ride. I um, love it. If I you want to have your wait time be a little shorter, though, skip making the car. It's not It's not as worth it as it seems. But uh, When your hack is do single rider on this one, right? Oh, are you kidding you me? Because you bypass the making your own car. Right, so. yeah. You do single rider. You bypass making the car in and out 10 minutes. So there's Easy. your hack. So. Because the thing with this one is it's sort of odd in terms of it's three people to a row. Right. So usually people are in groups of two or four. Mm-hmm. So if you've got a set of two people, single riders are getting on yep. every single vehicle. Yeah, it moves fast. Uh, speaking of rides that move fast and are thrilling and crazy, let's talk about the Grand Fiesta Tour starring the three caballeros. Good Spanish. I'm joking because it's not fast. It's not at all fast. Or crazy. 
But I do love a good boat ride. Oh my gosh, this ride is great. And the Mexico Pavilion. So I know that people are split about this in Epcot. When you go to the World Showcase, do you go to the left and hit Mexico first? Or do you go to the right and hit Canada first? Which one are you? Every time I go to Mexico first. I'm Canada first all the time. How is that possible when we go together? Because we've only ever gone to Canada first. That's not true. It is true. The first time we did, we went Canada first. I always have gone Mexico first. Okay. We'll have to check the records on that one. Clockwise, my friend. You are wrong. Um, Yeah. uh, The Grand Fiesta Tour is so cool. It's one of those rides where you, you can really miss it, I think. Yeah. If you're not looking for it. But it's fun. And one of the things I really like about that ride, I mean, Pager's right. It's a classic little boat ride. Nothing really special happens in it, but it's relaxing. It smells like a Disney ride. Yep. Uh, There's some animatronics that sometimes work. Sometimes they're replaced with a flower pot. Sometimes they're replaced with cardboard cutouts. Um, They make it happen. But they make it work. And this ride is rife with hidden Mickeys. So maybe I'll put up a blog post or something about hidden Mickeys in this ride. But um, it's it's just so fun. It's super fun. And uh, the animation's great. The story of Donald Duck in it, it's really cool. yeah, fantastic ride. Yeah, I think it's beautiful. I, I love the Mexico Pavilion as a whole. That is an area that I could spend a huge chunk of my time in Epcot in. Um, And again, I'll talk more about that with food and everything. But I even just love when you're going towards the Grand Fiesta Tour line and you walk through the marketplace, which felt very reminiscent of being in Mexico. We yes. went to Mexico for our honeymoon and it feels exactly like that. Um, And so it really feels like you're being immersed in the culture of Mexico as you're even just waiting in line and you walk through that area that's now designed for Coco, which is a fantastic movie. If you've never seen Coco, even if you don't have kids, I mean, it is Dizzy's animation, the music. I'm sorry. Pixar. Pixar. Sorry, Disney. So I didn't mean to correct you the on air. Pixar, Pixar animation. I just consider them one and the same. Sorry. Sure. Yeah. Thanks, um, thanks, Bob Iger. Yeah. The Coco piece as you're walking through, when the Grand Fiesta tour line gets really long, you actually kind of wind back through that area mm-hmm. and sometimes end up outside of the Mexico Pavilion. Yeah. So there's tons to see even when you're waiting in line for it. And I would highly recommend, I think this is kind of a hidden gem. People would skip over it thinking, oh, it's just a boat ride. It's not really worth the wait. I think this one is definitely worth the wait. Yeah, I'm doing this ride over Frozen Ever After every time. It's it's just so fun. So. I think Frozen Ever After is overrated, but yes. I I do. That ride was surprising the first time we rode it. Yeah, it like, was. Like I enjoyed it more it than I thought I would. But I don't know that I would wait two plus hours like some people do for that ride. Uh, zero chance would I do that. And um, I'm I'm really not a big fan of this new technology of uh, uh, projected faces on animatronics that mm. Disney does. It's it's kind of the worst. Um, and so uh, I don't prefer that on the ride. It's very upsetting. So anyway, but you guys know how we feel about Frozen. Um, these are under attractions on... Uh, Epcot's map here. So I'm just going to say reflections of China and uh, Canada far and wide and Circle Vision 360 are incredible. I think they're really cool. I I don't know that I need to do those in my ideal day. Yeah, I guess not. But, but if but I just if wanted I'm, to say they were incredible. They they are really 
they're really well done. And I think, too, if it's a really hot day, this is kind of a nice break to stand in the AC in a theater that is 360 and watch a little show that's not too long. Um, but there are other places I would recommend to go inside. Like I would say, go get in line for the Grand Fiesta tour right. over going and seeing the Canada show or the Reflections of China show. The only thing I'll say about something like Reflections of China is um, not only is it really beautiful, but also it completely uh, downpoured on us when we went to go see that show. So mm-hmm. the big reason we went was because the rain prevented us from traversing onward through World Showcase. Right. And so it's one of those things where, yeah, I guess in my ideal day, it's not on that list, but it's it's really great if you if you just have a second. It's it's nice. I think those are good time fillers. If you're like, I want a little break this afternoon from the rain or the right. heat, those are good options for going inside and taking a break. But if you're trying to fit in what are the best things, what are like, how do I maximize my time in Epcot today? I think you can skip those and do some of these other attractions, kind of sure. going to some of these uh, better options. Sure. Uh, we haven't ridden this ride yet, but uh, I'm definitely going to say in my ideal day at Epcot, when we go next time, Remy's Ratatouille Adventure is going to be number one on my list of things I have to do. Ratatouille is my favorite Disney Pixar slash Disney movie ever. It's so good. I I don't know what it is about that film, but something about it just completely speaks to me. It's your type four. Well, maybe that or also, you know, just the rat is just great. And I love Patton Oswalt. So it's just, it's such a good movie. Gosh, it's you so good. You do love some Ratatouille, but so, I'm excited for this one, yeah. too. I'm not a big fan of Ratatouille. I'm, I don't dislike it. It's just not one of my favorites. But I think, again, Disney has gotten so creative with this, and this ride has existed for a while overseas in, which park was it already opened in? Paris. In Paris, yes. right. And so this ride has already been around. They brought it here to the States for us to be able to experience it in Walt Disney World. Um so I think I think a lot of people are going to be really excited to see it. It's another one of those trackless ride systems yep. where you get to be immersed in the storyline. And so I think it'll be really cool when we go back and get to ride this ride. Yeah, I can't wait. I, I honestly can't wait. We saw a little bit of that area opening up in uh, July when we went. And uh, the, the the marquee was up on the building for the Ratatouille ride. Um, there was Gusto's. Uh, sign above the restaurant with his with his three michelin stars and um yeah it's i can't wait for that one so i don't know if there's much more in here attractions wise that we need to kind of go over Um, yeah i'm ready to skip straight to food um i want entertainment do we want to go there first or you just want to do you have any entertainment well um harmonious which we haven't seen yet we Their nighttime spectaculars are always illuminations. RIP illuminations. <laughs> Jinx. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I guess the only thing I would say about that is their nighttime spectaculars are are not, you can't miss them. Well, right. And, and I think that's the big draw to Epcot too, is you have these shows happening in the center of the world showcase over the lagoon there. So you can stand anywhere around the park and be able to watch this beautiful show. Um, 
Stephen already said, we have not gotten the chance to see Harmonious yet because it is still a new show. But Illuminations was such a favorite of so many people. It was such a beloved show. And last time Illuminations happened, when we were there in 2019, we actually missed it. We were eating in Japan, um, and our reservation took a little bit longer than we thought. And so we didn't get to catch it for the last time to see it. But um, we will miss you, Illuminations, and we are excited to see Harmonious. Yeah, we're really excited to see that for sure. Um, one thing that is, uh, you know, if if it's in the docket to do, I think that grabbing a table at the Rose and Crown uh, pub or restaurant is uh, a great way to see a nighttime spectacular there because you have your own little patio. You can get yourself a beer, fish and chips, whatever, and just enjoy yourself. So Absolutely. Pretty cool. Yeah, there is so much to say about dining. Why don't you kick us off with that and uh, we'll just jump right in. Yeah, so when I go to Epcot, it's hard because you don't want to eat the same thing every time. You don't want to have like one go-to restaurant or one go-to quick service spot that you go because you can't eat more than just a couple meals a day. So where I always like to go, um, if it's up to me, if I'm picking my favorite restaurant that I want to go to, I'm going to the Mexico Pavilion and I'm going inside to the San Angel Inn Restaurante, which is inside the Grand Fiesta Tour ride, basically similar to Pirates of the Caribbean and Blue Bayou in Disneyland. You've got this restaurant inside of the Grand Fiesta Tour. And I will tell you what, this restaurant, the food is really good. Um, it's kind of hard for people to do Mexican food authentically, but you're in Epcot, you're going to get really good food authentically from all these different countries. And one time that we went to this restaurant, I ordered a margarita flight and they were out of the small margarita glasses. So I got three full-size margaritas. That's what I'm talking about. And all I'm saying is there were not a whole lot of margaritas left over. That was a really good day in Epcot. It was fun. It was fun. Yeah, that's a great restaurant. Their food's really good. Um, yeah, you, you can't beat it. It's the really atmosphere good. for me really makes it. So that that's my favorite restaurant there. And then um, another restaurant that we've been to and really enjoyed was the Teppan Edo, which is the hibachi style restaurant in, yeah. um, in Japan. That's where we were when we missed the last Illumination show while we were there. But um, if you've been to a hibachi-style restaurant before, you know, you get the show, the chef tosses something in their hat, they do the onion volcano. So it's kind of like that gimmicky show that you get when you go to any other hibachi-style restaurant. However, you're in Disney, you're right. in Epcot. So if you want a fun, enjoyable experience for the family or as a couple for a fun date, this is a fun place to go. The food is really good. You can get sushi. You can get any of these hibachi-style um, chicken or steak or shrimp or any of those things. So it's a good option. And then where I would love to go now that we have kids is the Garden Grill. Um, in the Land Pavilion, so cute. It's a character dining experience. Um, you've got Chippendale there and Minnie and Mickey are in these adorable little gardener outfits. It just is such a fun thing. We've heard such great things about the food. And so if we were to do character dining, if we were to do 
a spot in Epcot that we've never been, but we really would love to incorporate into our Epcot day, it would have to be Garden Grill. Totally. Yeah, it's, it seems great. And uh, I've, I've seen one, th- one thing that's unique about Garden Grill is they do actually source some of their food from living with the land. Um, so things like their succotash or, uh, salads and, and that, I mean, that's, that's all fresh food coming directly from what they're growing. So it seems really cool. And you actually get, when you're there, you do get a, a really nice view depending on where you're sitting of aspects of the ride. Um, so you can kind of look down on it and see what's going on there. Um, yeah, really, really cool. I definitely want to go there too. Um, It would behoove me, I think, to talk about Epcot dining without talking about the Food and Wine Festival. We were able to do that recently, and uh, it was it was so amazing. It was fantastic. Yeah, we'll I, have to do a whole episode on the festival. Sometime. Yeah, I can't. I can't really hype it up enough. Um, I'm a. I'm a. I love. I work in wine industry, um, and so I, I'm a big fan of wine. I also like cocktails and beer. You know, whatever I can, <laughs> whatever I can have. Uh, but then you know, getting. Um, all the food too, just like it was so carefully curated and everything was completely um, thoughtful, the way that the food and the drinks were were paired with one another. Mm-hmm. It was great. And uh, there wasn't really anything that I thought, man, this was a miss. Mm-hmm. So I was really happy. I mean, there are some places I only had a drink, some places I only had uh, a, a little bit of food. But when I was able to put something together, you know, when, when, we, when I was able to kind of take advantage of the food and drinks that were suggested to be together. I mean, it was just out of this world good. And the funny thing about that is we actually had reservations um, at Chefs de France and for our dinner that night when we were in Hepcop for Food and Wine Festival. And it was kind of tacit, but we ended up being like, we don't even want to eat dinner at this point. Are we, we going to spend a ton of money? Way too many snacks. We're like, are we going to spend a ton of money on a nice French dinner? And end up feeling like we just overdid it. And that was kind of, um, that was kind of the consensus. So going back to Chefs de France is, is going to be a must do for me because I really, really want to try it. But last time it was just a big no go for us. So we ended yep. up getting, uh, going to France anyway. And I got the escargot croissant and a, uh, and a sparkling brute, which was phenomenal together. And you did not have that. I did not. Yeah. I was pregnant. This was for our baby moon. So I skipped out on all the alcoholic beverages. However, I did enjoy several different snacks. And so that was still fun. I got to try some desserts, some savory things from different spots. So I still really enjoyed it, even though it was just a food festival for me. A couple other really cool spots in uh, the Epcot Pavilion, or excuse me, I'm so sorry, World Showcase um, in Epcot that are uh, really worth checking out, in uh, in my opinion, is I mentioned England uh, before, but one thing that I really, really like over there, United Kingdom, is the Yorkshire uh, County Fish Shop. And um, it's just kind of a quick little walk-up space, and they have such good fish and chips, and uh, you can get that in like a good brown English ale, um, and that's phenomenal. So um, United Kingdom is really high up there for me in places that I like to eat. That actually was what I was going to say for things to do. Whoops. Is the United Kingdom area because I have such a love for the United Kingdom. I have some family that's from there. And so 
this has always been a love of mine. I love London. I've been there one time with my mom and my grandma and my cousin, and we visited some of my mom's extended family that lived in that area. But the United Kingdom area in the World Showcase, I love going into those shops and looking at the different types of tea and all the little things there. And I love the Rosen Crown Pub. I love getting the fish and chips and sitting down by the water. There's just so many things for me. And there used to be a little Beatles cover band show in the United Kingdom area. So I, I, that's my favorite area to spend time in other than Mexico, Mexico and the United Kingdom for me, um, in terms of things to do. And then the Epcot character spot where you get to meet joy and sadness inside out is one of my favorite, especially of the newer movies. Um, I was a psychology teacher and now I'm a school counselor. So I refer to this movie all the time when I'm working with students and talking to them about emotion. So I just think it's such a sweet little way that they've incorporated that movie into Epcot. Um, and so United Kingdom and and the Epcot character spot there. And the Land Pavilion. Those are probably my three favorite things to do when it comes to Epcot. Here, Here's the thing about dining in Epcot. And um, this is just reality. There are so many places to eat in Epcot. That you are, unless you're going on a seven-day Disney trip and you are spending all seven days in Epcot, and even then, probably not, there's no way you're going to have everything on one trip. There's no way. It's impo- I mean, and, I mean, it's, it's impossible. Um, so the thing with Epcot is you kind of have to just roll the dice on what you want to try. And... Uh, you know, check out blogs, read about it, see what you want to find because there's so much. And I mean, that's what it's really known for is the food, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and the part food of, and drink. Uh, yeah, I mean, just the whole experience of, uh, of World Showcase. So do your research, figure out kind of whether you're interested in, you know, Chinese cuisine, German, Italian, American food, Japanese, Moroccan food, French, Canadian food. Mexican food, like you cannot go wrong. So just do your research and figure out where you want to go because there are so, so many options. And we like to do like a quick service kind of thing for lunch and then sit down for dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely one of those things where you can get overwhelmed by this amount of selections because it's unlike any other park when it comes to food. I would say too, if you get a lot of Mexican food at home or a lot of American barbecue. Try to see if you can try something different when you're in Epcot because that's your opportunity to have some authentic cuisine from these different cultures. If you're someone who doesn't live near good Mexican food, then maybe that's your time to check out the Mexican Pavilion. Um, If you're someone who really likes a good burger, try to expand your horizons and don't go to the American Pavilion. But I mean, you do have that option always if you're with some picky eaters or with kids. You can go to Regal Eagle in the American Pavilion area. And so you have all of these options. Try to see if you can try something different. Um, But like Steven said, there is no shortage of good options. The food is so, so good anywhere you go. I've never had something in Epcot that was disappointing. 
Yeah, and if you are kind of still on that little road of of Mexican food, which is very near and dear to our hearts, we love it. Um, if you don't want to do a sit down, but you still want to check out what Mexico has to offer, check out um, La Cantina uh, de San Angel. Angel? 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 I'm sorry. Uh, I, you know, I'm trying to say, I, I like want to stay away from some of the French restaurants too, because I don't want to mispronounce it. It's like when you're at a restaurant and you don't really know how to say it. So you're just kind of like, give me the one with chicken. There you go. That's where I'm at. Anyway, the cantina, it is, it's amazing. And they have really good tacos and and chips. And uh, they also serve margaritas there too. So if you don't want to do a sit down thing, but you're still vying for that, definitely check out the cantina. Um, Epcot, however, threw a pretty big wrench in the dining situation because usually you would say, let's go to World Showcase, but now Space 220 is open. Right. And uh, that seems amazing. I'm not going to say it's a must-do when you go because we haven't been there yet, but I really would love to check it out. It seems it seems really cool. It does seem really cool. So, uh Yeah. Do you have any things to do other than food or attractions or entertainment? Is there anything else in Epcot that you feel like you have to do? That I have to do when I'm in Epcot? You know, a big part of the experience being in Epcot for me is just the um, ability to just kind of wander around and check stuff out. And you love the food. That is your thing to do. I do love the food so much. But being able to kind of wander World Showcase to me is such a big part of the experience. I mean, once you are in World Celebration, Discovery, and Nature, once you've made your your way into World Showcase, you can just kind of take so much time to explore all the shops. Maybe that's what I have to do is just explore all of the shops there. There you go. Um, there is there is an endless amount to see and to do um, that when you are in World Showcase especially – you can pretty much spend all day um, just exploring and seeing what makes each one of these individual um, countries so special and uh, what they have to offer. And then, you know, we, I kind of talked a little bit about quick service, walk-up restaurants, and then the sit-down. But there's ice cream shops. There is um, caramel corn. There is um, desserts, uh, snacks. I mean, you, you name it, they pretty much are going to have it. So you you can really take as much time as you want just hanging out in that area and um, yeah, just enjoying yourself. It's amazing. Yeah. Epcot has so much to offer. And so I think for me in terms of kind of just wrapping up what my ideal day looks like, the attractions that I absolutely have to hit, I love to do soaring in the morning and, and test track. I have to fit in somewhere in my day, even if that means I have to wait in a, a line for a while for that. Um, if I had to pick one restaurant that I absolutely want to eat in, it's going to be in the Mexico Pavilion at the San Angel Inn Restaurante um, and checking out through that Grand Fiesta tour. Um, and then I love spending time shopping, too, like you said, but going to the UK Pavilion area and right. spending some time in the land, checking out, living with the land. And um, hopefully maybe this next time that we go, we could eat at Garden Grill um, and just kind of experience that area. So That'd be awesome, yeah. Same for me. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had one day in Epcot, what I got to do is, um, I think in this case, I got to go on Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. That just seems amazing to me. Um, I'm probably going to join you for some margaritas in the Mexico Pavilion. Well, thank you. And, you know, I got to stick around for uh, Harmonious. So 
again, it is just, this park is, I think it's perfectly rated in the fact that people just, they always have such a good time when they're there and it's so cool and it's so diverse. Um, if I, if I'm going to Disney and I had to pick one park, I mean, this would honestly be maybe the one park that I would select to spend one day. If I, if I had to choose. I think that's fairly common for adults that go to Disney is to have, if they're just going for a day, I think Epcot is a pretty good choice. If you've got kids, there's plenty to do there too. But I think this park seems more adult than the others because you can kind of drink around the world and do some of these more thrilling rides with ha- without having so many, you know, crowded areas and so many families like in Magic Kingdom where you have, you know, all the Fantasyland rides and stuff. You don't really have that kind of area in Epcot. So I think it's pretty common for adults to have their own day here. You know, one thing we didn't mention, um, which shame on us, is our uh, our pal Figment and Journey to Imagination. I love Figment. I do not love Figment. I didn't mention it because you hate that ride. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not a great ride, but... Um, and I've heard a lot of mixed things about it from the way that they updated it over the years and kind of how it is now. But um, Figment is such a crazy little staple of Epcot that you almost have to love them. I mean, for heaven's sakes, these popcorn buckets that people waited six hours in line for. Um, he is a beloved aspect. I mean, he's like the Mickey Mouse of Epcot. <laughs> you he know? is. He's so cute. So, um, yeah, he's cool. He's a cool little fella. And I just thought we'd had to mention him if we're going to be talking about Epcot. Yeah, Because he's going to be around. So, yeah, you know, the thing with Epcot is um, we love it. It is a phenomenal place to be. The food, the attractions, the entertainment. Um, and like I said, with things to do, the shopping, hanging out, walking World Showcase, people watching, whatever you're going to do there, it is incredible. So this was kind of a lot faster than I thought it was going to be for Epcot, to be honest with you. Well, I think that's because so much of our dining conversation, we could really have a whole separate episode just about Food and Wine Festival or Festival of the Arts or all of these different um, Flower and Garden Festival. That is, that's the one that we've been to most often. And so we'll have to do a whole different episode just about the festivals at Epcot. Yeah. Well, and I mean, again, you know, for me, a must, an ideal day at Epcot Almost is just being in Epcot. Yeah, every day Honestly. in Epcot is going to be a totally different experience, I think, because yeah. we want to try to hit so many different food places, and you can really only have so many meals a day. Yeah, I mean, no judgment here, but if you're doing the same thing every time you go to Epcot, you're doing Epcot wrong. you got to mix it up. I mean, there's millions of different ways to, right? to do it. So that is our ideal day in Epcot. And I think that's about going to wrap it us for us, uh, wrap it up for us. So we invite you to please uh, follow us on Instagram at the Parks Academy. You can also find us on our website at theparksacademypod.com, parksacademypod.com. We are going to continue and wrap up our Walt Disney World portion of our ideal day in Magic Kingdom. Afterward, we're going to fly out to Anaheim and talk about Disneyland and Disney's California adventure. But until then, thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. (laughs) 